0: We all do it. We scroll through our feeds, seeing people who have been in and out of our lives. We see their causes, beliefs, and sometimes even a moral compass, show-offs. I don't know about you, but I'm interested in the story behind the pictures. I think it's time to have a conversation. Those of you um, who are listening, my guest this week is intelligent and Funny and beautiful. And I love the way that she speaks in her YouTube videos. And I love the stuff that she posts on her social media. She is a canadula, the canadula. Jocelyn, thank you so much for being here
1: thank you for inviting me
0: oh my gosh thank you so much yeah no I knew immediately that I needed to talk to you when this (laughs) when this podcast (laughs) came to be because it was like oh my gosh who is this woman and then I saw what you were doing and what you were about and I was just like so drawn to you um do you want to tell yeah oh my gosh thank you uh do you (laughs) want to tell everybody um about you and and what you're doing and why I'm So excited that you're here!
1: (laughs) Well, I am. I'm a doula, which is basically a birth assistant. Um, I I don't do any medical uh, support whatsoever. I'm strictly there for emotional and physical support for the pregnant person and their their team, uh, Mm -hmm. which could be their family, friends, whoever. Uh, And I've been doing that since 2013. It has been a, a life-changing journey being a birth mm-hmm. worker. I, I absolutely love it, and I don't think that there was ever any other career option for me. I'm, I'm always I've always been um, drawn to the supportive role, so okay. this was a perfect fit for me.
0: So, how did you first hear about this even being like a viable career option?
1: So I I was pregnant with my son in 2011. Okay. And we had planned a home birth with a private midwife, and um, she offered to have a doula and training midwife um, attend as well.
0: Okay. And
1: you know I'm just I I'm hearing words, and I'm nine months pregnant already. I I ended up going 42 weeks in a day, so I'm oh just like God. whatever. Whoever is in bless the room, you I really
0: don't care. <laughs> yeah. Baby
1: out of me! Oh yeah, my god! Like, whoever's going to make this an easier ride, the, the hop on board, you know? Yeah, yeah. And we had a roller coaster labor and delivery with him. I did 13 hours at home, um and baby was just—he was just not handling the situation very well. His his blood or his heart rate was all over the place, and so we transferred to the hospital. And in all of these memories I just remember my doula being there and just staring in her eyes during contractions, during anything, and, and knowing that I was in the space zone. Okay. And she was she was holding that space for me and I was just like entranced by it afterwards. Um yeah. she followed me to the hospital, did a beautiful transfer. Uh I ended up having a C section with him, which was a a total um opposite side of the equation that we had never even really thought about that that was going to be our birth journey was ending in c-section um but having that doula there with me even beyond the midwife that was still there Mm -hmm. that made it a safe space for me I want to back up a little
0: bit just real quick because how did you even like okay (laughs) because I think I've gone through two births. Uh, one, my first uh-huh. was twins. And then my, um, my second birth was just a single baby. And I am, I mean, I didn't know other options. <laughs> than you get pregnant and you go to the hospital. You know what <laughs> I mean? I, I just, I just didn't. And, right, I, and I know right. that there's so many uh, women who, who are under the same thing. So how, I mean, how did even the midwife enter your life? Like, how did you decide that that was Gonna be but the journey that you've been taking That, that is an
1: interesting thing. That I mean, cannabis kind of plays a role in it. Okay, but I didn't at the time. I I I wasn't allowing myself to think that way. I was a very um naturopathic person anyway. I was really always. On, were you raised that um, way? Too? Always wellness. Yeah. Always wellness. Always wellness in the house. We we just kind of had that that culture and tradition of. Um, taking care of yourself to the best of your ability. Um,
0: I love that. My
1: mom is a tea hound. She has every herbal tea mixture under the sun. She's really yes. about it, um, and that's just something that I grew up with is is herbal wellness. So that's when I real- got pregnant, I went to I did go to a regular OB. Okay. I hated the experience. It just it was so impersonable and. Um, It was a really fast uh, appointment. Oh, just kind of being
0: shuffled in and out. Yeah. Like the time I didn't
1: feel like I knew. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't know this person at all. And Mm -hmm. that was our first meeting. And I felt like maybe I should know this person a little more than, you know, just a handshake and a quick belly rub and um, (laughs) out out the door on you go for another couple of months until we see you. Absolutely. Uh, So I talked. I talked to a couple of friends, actually, and Mm -hmm. they suggested just kind of interviewing midwives, and that's how we got on the cycle of of looking at midwives really early on, and I think we signed on with our midwife um, before I hit two months. Okay, wow. So I was really, I was very quick about it, Mm -hmm. because I, I did all the homework with our insurance uh, coverage and everything, and it, it just did not cover the type of care that I was looking for.
0: So disheartening when that happens. What is it, the? It, um... it
1: happens. It happens. Yeah,
0: it it does with with anything. Honestly, and things, are, and things
1: are totally things are totally better now. There mm-hmm. are so many more um, certified nurse midwives, um, kind of taking birth work back uh, from obstetrics. Okay, and the the outcome of that has been a lot more um hands-off natural births in hospitals mm-hmm. uh something that we have really been fighting to to return to um more birth centers and birth centers attached to hospitals so kind of removing the the medical aspect of the natural physiological event of birth um so when we're seeing that it's 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 improvement. It's progress. It's yeah. slow, but it's something.
0: What is the relationship in your experience? What's the relationship like between the yeah, obstetric? I can never say that word. <laughs> like starts so learning like, yeah. between the OB and the, and the midwife. Like what? How is that? Do they feel threatened in your experience? Like have you noticed that, or do is it like a tandem thing? Everybody works together. Like what? What is that whole experience like?
1: I think for older generations there was a divide. Okay. And I think it's changing. That's what I'm saying is that there's, there's a new wave of, um, I I just didn't know if it was like
0: accepted or if there was still like, it's,
1: it's accepted. Um, I definitely think that private midwives still have an uphill battle. Um, they, they have to prove themselves a lot to be taken seriously. Um, in what is a medicalized environment
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, midwives are trained medical care providers but they don't medicalize birth they treat it as a natural event and so it can seem that um i don't know in the medicalized ob environment um it's more of a, an emergency event. It's something that you have to take seriously and you have to, you know, Hawkeye, this, this pregnant lady on the table or mm-hmm. on the bed and, and, and really get in the way of the natural process.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's more like just about the procedure.
1: than Right. Right. It's about yeah. the end result. And the end result is, is where a lot of um, the danger lies. Is yeah. around the the delivery process, and that's where people the, their fear gets the best of them. And I think that um, the medical community is really fear based, and so it makes sense that yeah, they oh, would create fear around birth. You know?
0: Yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember some of that. I just remember the big thing being. Um, I was in like a Texas. Baptist Hospital. Oh, <laughs> and, my. Yeah. Oh, my. And it, I didn't subscribe to any of that, <laughs> you know, as a human being. <laughs> but that's where my insurance said that I had to go. And so that's where we were. And that's the town that we lived in at the time. And I, I just remember, I don't remember a lot of talk about the pregnancy Or, or my birth plan, really, it was kind of just left up to, you know, you show up at the hospital and you just go to it. And, and part of that was me, I I probably could have done more research in that sense, but I was also, I wanted to experience pregnancy for what it was, not what a book was going to tell me it was going to be, unless I like had a specific question. Like I had people I could go to, you know, but I don't remember exactly
1: how I felt in my first pregnancy. That's exactly how I was. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I just I kinda of subscribe to that, but I remember there being tons and tons of pressure um from that hospital specifically about breastfeeding post delivery. Right, right. And just like and we, it was like almost stressful. <laughs> like like right, it wasn't because then that's,
1: that's what I mean about uh the fear based Mm-hmm. Um, educational support that you'll get in a hospital or yeah. or with an OB or a, a traditional um, care provider is that's a lot of pressure that then falls on your shoulders as you've just had a baby and you're trying to nurse and you're, you're it's the first time you're ever doing this with your boobs you have no idea yeah. what you're doing no one does and, and it's exhausting that <laughs> pressure, yeah that pressure that stress that cortisol creates blockages for you to express your milk the natural way if Mm -hmm. you're going into this with a supportive team telling you your body was made to do this and now it's going to do this and you don't have you don't have to think it into existence and we'll work with you if baby has a tongue tie you know Mm -hmm. we'll get that revised if need be if baby needs chiropractic work because you know being in the canal for too long messed up jaw. Um, you know, we'll do those things and we'll support you, but we're supporting you on this journey to what you're naturally supposed to be doing, which is nursing your baby. Um, when you have that support, when you have that support versus you need to be breastfeeding every one to two hours and I'm going to come in and I'm going to check on you. And if you're not doing it the right way, I'm going to huff and puff before I leave the room Yeah. and I'll be back. You know, when you're put in that position, with with you know, nurses do this in the in the most loving. Um, I'm laughing mind because I,
0: lo- I that was my experience
1: because it was team. my it was mine too, girl. It was mine yeah. too, and so many other people have the same experience, and it it leaves with you when you leave the hospital setting. Absolutely, and it never really goes away. It's just yeah. added. You know, it's that that residual guilt of, man, I should have been able to do this automatically. Yeah. Well, no, you need that nurturing. And that's what doulas do. That's what midwives do. That's what lactation consultants do. Um, we're all out here trying to make this um, transition a little bit easier uh, yeah. than it traditionally has been.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm just like, now I'm like mad at myself. Like I could have done this so different. Like, there's no telling. No, no better. Do
1: better. No better. Yeah, that's better. right. That's right. That's
0: yeah. right. Well, just cool. And that's, I think why I was so drawn to you because I just didn't know that there even was another way, <laughs> another, you know, and, that's, and I know that's such like a silly thing because we're in a time, you know, where, where we're more connected than ever and the information's there, but it's, it's hard because how do you know who to trust, and and how do what does that look like? I mean, yeah, what is the process you,
1: for all of that? Exactly. No one really talks like, about Like, what is what is fake news about <laughs> birth? Like, there right. is so much <laughs> fake news about birth. Yeah. So you have to. There's a lot of filtering through, and I hope to be, you know, kind of that person that this lady on the internet who happens to know a lot of stuff. Like, come mm-hmm. ask me. Come, come, you know. Request my services and let's get you on the right track because that's literally all I'm trying to do. That yeah. that was the person that that I saw at my son's labor, and she was just the person trying to get someone to do the best that they could do. And that was that's all I'm trying to do with Canadula is get pregnant people to do the best that they can do for yeah. themselves or their families. Um, and it's not just pregnant people either. It's pre-pregnancy, during pregnancy, post-postpartum. Uh, I mean, like it's a journey. It's a it's a lifetime.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really is. And you go through different phases too as a mother. You know, <laughs> like if you're totally. set up for success, I think I feel like you would have the tools to handle things a little bit better. Um, I agree. I, I was blindsided by motherhood. It was a good blindside, but I was blindsided. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you never I know. I was what's totally going, huh?
1: expecting it. I was totally expecting it, but it it still it still has changed my mind a lot. As my kids get older, I realize mm. that stuff that I thought I knew, I just you gotta throw that out the window. You <laughs>
0: every day's a fresh start.
1: Every every day is an, is like I said a no better do better experience. Like okay, you you got me. You got me on that one, life.
0: Yeah, and you guys will want to follow her after this because her Instagram stories and the funny things she posts about and reposts about. Oh my gosh, y'all, she gets Thank
1: it. <laughs> I no, try just... to use my story as like this little spark of laughter and energy in everyone's life as best I can yeah I there's so much content out there I I never want to repost something that's super popular but yeah there's some gems out there there really is so in between my own content you know I'll I'll share a lot and I'll share what is the best that I've seen in my feet all day. And hopefully it makes somebody else laugh too.
0: Well, job well done. Cause I laugh constantly. I'm, I'm always Thank looking you. for your face to pop up in my stories. Cause <laughs> you do, you just make me laugh and you oh have my such gosh. good energy. And I love what you're doing. Um, I want to know what, what are the questions that you get the most? Cause not only are you a doula, you have the can a doula and let's talk, actually let's, let's back up a little bit. How did that, Come to be not just a doula, and I also learned too. And I want you to talk about this because you said it so eloquently in one of your other um uh interviews that you did that I went back and watched about the different types of doulas. I had no idea that that was even a thing, <laughs> that there's really,
1: yeah, I had oh no idea, gosh. yeah, yeah. So, okay, so so we'll back up. Um, cannabis is, has pretty much been a part of my life since adulthood, okay. Um, it it is something that helps with my generalized anxiety disorder, helps with my um, my depression, and just all of the different swirls of things that happen with those two major illness mental illnesses. Yeah. Um, on top of it, you know, I I danced for a, a lot of my youth, and I have a lot of injuries that. Make my physical body hurt and and achieving homeostasis with my physical self and my emotional self is really difficult, mm-hmm. so um cannabis has always been that that centering uh substance for me um, mm-hmm. so when I became pregnant with my son, I did not abstain from cannabis use okay. um and the same with my daughter um it was it was that same centering. Substance for me, and I and you know, use dosage, all that stuff changes when you get pregnant. You may need more, you may may need less, you may need none at all. But it in accepting that about myself in my second pregnancy, I realized that there was probably a space for this in birth work that no one was really touching on, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and that's where Canadula kind of the wheel started turning on on this um, idea that I've had. Mm-hmm. um but then there's also well what was the other thing that you were asking
0: about about the different types of doulas I didn't know that it was just oh, yes. like I, I think doula I think birth and even then that's where it begins and ends for me because I just didn't know about it you right. know um and until
1: meeting you and learning about so, you and, and
0: what you're doing
1: so go ahead so in I think it was 2014. Mm-hmm. I registered on a website as a radical doula. Oh that's uh, cool. <laughs> if, you, yeah, if you go on the on the internet mm-hmm. and you go to radicaldoula dot com, I think that website is still there. Uh oh it was my gosh, started by right now. <laughs> it was started by this amazing birth worker who saw the need to um create a network of Activist doulas, doulas okay. who um, who saw racial discrepancies in um, birth outcomes, who saw all of these different things um, that were very important to birth itself and to the um, survival of us, um, and. She did a lot of blog posts, and I started seeing more and more people tag themselves as radical doulas. So I looked into it, and I registered there. Um, that's when I, I started learning about um, abortion doulas. And I had never thought that a person who's going through um, that type of pregnancy loss needs a whole nother level of support than what a birth or postpartum doula could offer. And so I learned about um, abortion doulas, and then I learned about death doulas, that there are people who support the journey um, to the very end. Uh, For people with terminal illnesses, for people who um, are about to lose a child, uh, they need a totally different type of support. And that's where dualism takes on a whole new realm that there's not, it's not just a birth assistant, it's a life assistant at that point, because dualism is doing the world through our various stages of life.
0: That is beautiful. I mean, just, like, a life doula.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Who do I? I keep looking for one. I'm like, has anyone been through everything yet?
0: (laughs) Right? Guide me.
1: Oh, wow.
0: That is really wild. I didn't even think about, like, the abortion side of things.
1: Right, right. I mean, mean, that's, like, a tough subject. There's even, like, sexual trauma doulas. Who specifically... Um, support people who have recently uh, within a, I believe a year have experienced some kind of uh, sexual trauma
0: uh-huh. and
1: they go on to support them for you know six months a year wow yeah it's a it's a great devotion of yourself to, to serving and providing others
0: and um, does that fall all under that kind of like radical doula umbrella like it would be. It does. Yeah. It okay. Does. These
1: are these are the more rare doulas, but these are the doulas that I would be like, you know, this is my click. Yeah. <laughs> these are the people. This is these are my people. You know, because we're yeah. trying to do something outside of the commercialized birth.
0: It really is radical, <laughs> you <about> know. <laughs> it really yeah. is in every sense of the word.
1: Right. Wow. Right.
0: That is so neat. It <laughs> is so so neat. What um in being the canadoula, what's been the biggest, um, I guess what's the biggest pushback you get from being branded that way? Or have you not run into that?
1: Um, I haven't really gotten any pushback. I think that that honestly, there's just a lack of um, acknowledgement from the birth side. I was on the cannabis side with the cannabis community. I'm you know accepted with open arms i'm yeah. seen as a a a a much needed service absolutely yeah on the birth side it's still a little wishy-washy because they get a lot of their information from sources that still say that cannabis is dangerous and will cause birth defects um they get a lot so what of what do you say to those people
0: that are doubters i guess or, or um, raise the
1: fears about like the potential for harm or,
0: or the long term damage you know that's usually what i would think people would say um
1: i would i would love for them to ask me or yes. like open a a line of dialogue yes. that yes, would absolutely. be cute <laughs> um you know like i'm here and i'm available and i have my receipts and i have the the knowledge that um is very reputable and source if that is something that you need if you need the the research and the documents I have all that mm-hmm. that says this, these findings are hogwash yeah. they're not they're they're not rooted in anything that's scientifically accurate because you're getting a lot of mixed data you're getting really small samples um if you want to talk about you know, the dangers of something based on scientific research, have your scientific research be a little bit better.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. I I love that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: If it comes down to stigma, we can talk about that. And we can have a totally different conversation about, you know, why you think the way you do about certain substances versus essential oils. I mean, Mm -hmm. I had a a client um, very recently who used cannabis, um As terpene therapy, she just wanted the smell of weed in her room, right? Feel that? <laughs> it, it, big no. That was a hard no. We had it. We had it, a container open for maybe five minutes, and oh. we're told, you know, licensing is if licensing walked in, you know, we'd lose our license. And I'm like, it's not being burnt. Like, can't you tell the difference between right. the smell of something? Absolutely, seems- yeah you yeah like uh, this is something that helps her because it smells good would you do the same thing with like I brought in potpourri no mm-hmm. you would not because you have a stigma associated with that smell with that that substance being in your presence that's what we're having to deal with not necessarily not necessarily somebody's using it in general you know like it's yeah. it, it, and it comes Philly. down to that yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that really is like foolish when you
0: say it like that. But I mean really, it really
1: smelled... was... girl, the room still smelled like weed the whole time. It was fantastic. <laughs> we put the container back. We got it out of the building, but it still smelled like flowers and you know, baby. It was just yes. fantastic. Just oh, that's so awesome.
0: <laughs> awesome. So you said that you um medicated with cannabis through both of your pregnancies, correct?
1: I sure did, yeah.
0: Love that. What um, what were your? Did you have any fears about that in going the way that you did? And what were you? Did you run into any opposition during your own
1: pregnancy? Okay, so the first time that I was pregnant, I think um, the doctor that I went to initially—not the doctor that I had the the appointment with but the doctor that I got the pregnancy test done with mm-hmm. um that doctor had a question on their intake form have you ever smoked marijuana and I I even asked the lady at the front desk I was like does this mean like ever like in my whole life have I ever and she's yeah. like oh, yeah that's what it means so I checked <laughs> yes because I was very young and naive so I checked. Yes. Cause I'm like, hasn't everybody? This is you? <laughs> I get into the, to the doctor's office and, and he very bluntly says, you know, and I see you checked. Yes. here. I hope you know that um, we're mandated to test you because you've given us that information. And I was like, what the hell? for the whole pregnancy. And for, he said for the whole pregnancy, we could randomly drug test you because you said yes on the form. And that was weird. That that's was another like, bad, yeah, that was another bad doctor's moment. And that's why I say that my son's um, pregnancy and birth really started this entire thing. Like it yeah. started from the dualism, but then it kind of went off into this um, cannabis wellness thing. But it really did start with the spark of his, um, his pregnancy. I didn't really think about it once I went to a midwife because she, she was fine with it anyway. So it did. Okay. That's good. Yeah. It wasn't a problem, but it wasn't necessarily something that she would, she wasn't a cannabis um, advocate Mm -hmm. and she wasn't somebody who could support me in my cannabis wellness as well as my pregnancy. So it was just kind of something that was like backburnered as information. Like, yeah. And she smokes a bowl here and there. But she didn't know my actual schedule, my dosing, and all that kind of stuff. That was nothing that she was ever privy to. And the Mm -hmm. same with my midwife with my daughter. And Mm -hmm. that one was in – I had my daughter in Oregon. Okay. Um, I had my card, and that was a totally different experience. Yeah. um, Talk
0: about that experience in Oregon and being pregnant and how it was so night and day different. Did you have your son in Arizona?
1: I did. I had my son in Arizona. I had my daughter in Oregon, mm-hmm. and it was a dream to be pregnant and have your baby in Oregon because Portland is birth mecca. Portland is where um, a lot of birth workers go to get um, the majority of their information. I went to Way College of Midwifery in Portland, okay. and the hot school has some amazing birth workers coming out of there. Um so by the time I had my daughter I had already gone through training and was uh taking clients as a doula I took a client up until I couldn't reach around the the birth pool anymore with my own belly.
0: Yeah. That's
1: basically when I stopped, I was like, Oh no I can't really reach anybody anymore. And now it's just two pregnant bellies bumping together. Oh my god, that's so beautiful. <laughs> I love which that. <laughs> like super, super adorable and I wish I had gotten a picture of it. But Yeah. Um, like women
0: helping women right there. I love that.
1: Exactly. But I also had to be mindful of the fact that there are a lot of birth hormones that are being um expelled in the Mm. air and i was getting uterine contractions from being around birth so much oh
0: my god so i had
1: to be really mindful of when to stop taking on clients and that was right around five months months, oh wow yeah yeah but after um you know i stopped taking clients and and had the rest of my pregnancy my labor with her was fantastic. I was on my birth ball with my bong, listening to Beyonce. Oh my god. Going through yes. <laughs> going through eleven hours of perfect unmedicated labor. And my husband got home from work and I was like, I think it's time to go. You can take a shower, but then we gotta go. Yeah. And we went to a birth center that was attached to our hospital. Um and had a transformative vaginal delivery so I had a VBAC in Portland with a fantastic midwife two doulas um, just completely embraced in love and support so it was a it was a different night and day like you said from how it was with my son where nobody really knew how to support me and that was that was kind of on it was on me because I didn't know how to pick my team wisely and it was something that I had to learn how to do. And I learned how to do that by becoming a doula.
0: That's really neat. You said um, that you start working with clients as far as like, even in like pre-pregnancy, what, walk me through that. What What is that type of doula-ing? Yeah. <laughs> um, consistent? <So>
1: for clients <laughs> who are in the pre-pregnancy stage, um, that that wording really sucks for me because i I haven't been able to figure out a terminology for the time that I'm actually talking about okay um that's there, <laughs> yeah, but I'm still kind of using it because it it fits into um that general range of of time, but okay. really I mean like I have uh, friends who are not necessarily clients, but I definitely do with them mm-hmm. um who are not even talking or thinking about having children. Um, So
0: in doing them,
1: I'm mostly focusing on their feminine wellness or their overall body wellness in order to um, facilitate homeostasis in the event that they do have a kid or don't have a kid. At least they're supported on their journey, this pathway of probably... Age 23 ish mm-hmm. up to about 35, 40. Wow. It's, a, it's it, a crazy ride between 23 it, and oh. 40 years old. Yeah. To be femme in this world is it's a crazy ride, and you might need some support along the way. And if you want cannabis infused support, that's where Tana Dula comes in for you because I'm the person who understands. Maybe we take what you already have about your ideas of dosing and Mm -hmm. we put it on paper and we make a dosing journal Mm -hmm. and we become more mindful about the ways in which we're consuming cannabis. And then you can maybe make a schedule out of it. So then you're not bogged down with, oh my God, I need another bowl. Why do I need another bowl? And you get in this idea, this psychic loop of um, pressuring yourself to only microdose or only do this or only do that. Yeah, instead of just being mindful of what you actually need. When you know what you need, it leads into that maybe when you get pregnant, you'll know what you need. Maybe when you're, uh, you know, at the labor and delivery stage, you'll know what you need. It's about self advocating for yourself, as best you can as early as possible.
0: So powerful. I can't help but feel like going inward <laughs> and again, just, yeah. you know, all I can do is like take it back to my experience. And I'm like, it really would have been such a different experience just in it the way that you're, have. explaining, you know, what it is. It's, it seems more, more mindful, more spiritual, but more um, like the way birth's supposed to be, <laughs> you know, it's a celebrated thing. Yeah. It shouldn't be a, uh,
1: you know. How my, how my daughter was born. Um, was as close as I've ever gotten to how birth is supposed to be for me. Because I've me had, too. I mean, I've, I've been, I've been pregnant four times. So mm-hmm. I've had two losses. Um, and then I had my son um, via C-section. Okay. My daughter's birth was, for the most part, hands-off. For the okay. most part, um, Just a complete uh, trusting in my body and in my choices of how I wanted to do things during the labor and delivery. I had so much choice that I felt like this is what it's supposed to be like. And I want to make sure that every client I have have, has this much choice. They're free to make the decisions that they want to, even in the moment. I mean, there were were definite deviations from my birth plan, but I made those decisions and it was totally liberating.
0: How did you come up with your birth plan? Like what, what, I guess, what were some of your items? What were your must, you know, this is what I need to feel comfortable. And how did
1: you come to those? I think I basically, I basically took the idea of, of what a birth center offers on a general basis. And I took that and I um, put a little bit more emphasis on um, really trusting and listening to what I was saying. The self-advocacy was really important because even in birth brain, in birth land, I'm still very vocal about what I do and do not like. And it's very important that people know that I'm not saying it in a, oh, she's a difficult one you know, that yeah. type of way, but, but really understanding that I'm trying to communicate to you as best as I can in one of the most difficult situations I've ever been in. Mm-hmm. And I need for you to listen to me. I don't yeah. need for you to take what I'm saying as like a suggestion. So if I say that I need to move, if I, my leg is, is feeling a certain way or if I'm feeling a certain way, maybe yeah, my water yeah. broke, and I'm feeling it, and I'm feeling pressure, and it's not, you know, gentle pressure; it's pressure, pressure. Yeah. Um, if I'm feeling those things, I want you, I want to be heard, and I want to feel like I'm being heard, and that's exactly what was in my birth plan, and the staff understood that. They understood that's beautiful. That, that's great. That I was well. It helped that I was a doula.
0: Yeah,
1: oh, I'm it does, sure <laughs> it does help to walk in there and be like, "Yeah, I was just here like two weeks, n- two months ago, three months ago, something like that." Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, I'm I'm one of you, so please treat me like I'm one of you. Like I do know what's going on with my body, and and trust in my words. Yeah, um, and that's that that little you know Portland Town Hospital was. Amazing, they did everything that was in my birth plan for the most part you know, your like life. I said yeah. there were de- there were deviations for sure of there' course, changes, with anything <laughs> but, but that's where I got my birth plan was really just looking at what does a birth center birth versus a hospital policy? Mm-hmm. What do those two things look like, and how do I formulate this birth plan to say what I want it to say when I can no longer say it?
0: Wow. Yeah. And that's something that like also, every woman should
1: have and be, yeah. I also really suggest infographic birth plans. <laughs> that's <because> awesome. <laughs> yeah, I use one and I, most of my clients use them. I'll have them done and, and print it up for them and make sure that it's laminated and, you know, that yeah.
0: it,
1: it can easily be seen by staff. Not one staff member can walk by it without looking at it if it's an infograph. It's like, oh, there's something that looks like a screen. (laughs) Let me look (laughs) at that. Oh, pretty colors and pictures. They love it. And that's a way to get your staff to be on your team. Once they know what you're like and they know a little bit more about you, they're willing to go the extra mile for you.
0: I I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I had really um good nurses
0: in the NICU for me like that's where I learned a lot awesome. um uh, from the nurses twins? Yeah with my twins. And yeah. We yeah. were there for almost a month I didn't get to bring them home so I got really really cool. um connected I guess in a sense with with the nurses up well, there yeah. and, and um that was a uh, terrifying <laughs> and looking back on it now I learned a lot but I mean really going through that whole process was really terrifying. And I'm just thinking of if I would have had someone there to advocate with me or to help me through that, that would have been major,
1: right. major. Because my husband that, doesn't I know. Like, <laughs> but it's so true what you were saying about being connected to the staff, that staff was your eyes and ears and arms when you couldn't be there
0: Absolutely. for almost
1: a month. So of course you would be connected to them. Yeah. You would have to make that connection in order to trust them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What um as a doula, what is your relationship with the partner or the spouse or whomever? Is it strictly
1: just so, with the mother or no, it is not strictly just with the mother. So I've had lots of different client makeup. Okay. Um I've supported I've supported surrogates who don't have a partner. Um, oh, interesting. And, and then I become um almost a doula to the new parent. Mm-hmm. Um who will be taking this baby from anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes after it's born into another room and starting this other journey where they're thrust into it, really. I mean, it's totally different. It's totally different. So, I mean, it depends on the type of client, Mm -hmm. obviously. Um, But traditionally, if it's a a man and a woman, um, you know, the husband is kind of standoffish at first because of they course. do think that a doula is, is strictly for the mother or for the woman um, or for the pregnant person in general. It, mm-hmm. it, But then they start to realize that I'm a team player, that I want to make sure that everybody knows their role. And, and if you don't know your role, dad, I'm going to give you one. Yeah. Because you seem like the type of person that was given a role instead of... Taking the reins yourself. So you know we give we give out. I give out homework. You know, read up a little bit. Yeah, maybe there's a book that that would really resonate with you on lunch breaks or whatever. Whenever you have a free moment, if you want to just dive deep into a birth book, I have one for you. That's that's geared towards you. That isn't geared towards the mom and explaining things in a way that a them. Actually would you know because yeah. a lot of them get really technical, and that can be overwhelming Absolutely. to the partner who has never experienced anything <laughs> even remotely like that um, yeah. so yeah. i i come I come bearing lots of knowledge gifts to the partners mm-hmm. um lots of sideline support, so I really love supporting um partners in supporting their yeah. um as hands-off as that seems it's, it's the best way to do it oh I feel like um, that's just major
0: that's major support yeah. that you don't even realize yeah. that you're getting
1: yeah and it can be as simple as you know you see something you're watching a couple work together and you're like okay hey if you could drop your knee just a little bit and really you know get into a deep then she can squat down with you yeah. and you can work together and that will start a process that just grows into this beautiful connectivity between them that I'm just holding space for like all I'm doing is making sure that it's safe and that um, it's working for both people uh, sometimes you know partners backs will give out and they're like I can't do this anymore and then I step in in the physical. Um, supportive role. Uh, a, a lot of time during pushing, you know, we need extra help. So there's somebody with a foot here and there's somebody with a knee there and and that becomes more physical support. But um, when there's a partner, usually I can step back and just hold that space really well uh, and make sure that they're doing things safely and um, making progress.
0: Such a special space that you've created and uh, created a career around, and that's just got to be so special. Like, how do you carry that? Because birth is so emotional, and you're, um, your mom. You, you know, you've gone through it twice yourself, and and you know how powerful it is. You know how powerful motherhood is. How, um, how is that with other people? I mean, you have to just be so emotionally invested in your clients. I don't see how you couldn't. I be.
1: am. I mean, my my client- I don't want to like freak them out with how much I love them <laughs> <laughs> yes. like, I love my clients i I think about them I think about almost all of them every day in yeah. some instance in my life, something will trigger a memory of uh a birth I was at in two thousand fourteen two thousand thirteen um and it just it takes me back to that space and time Mm -hmm. so vividly and I I hope that's the same for them about me because I feel that way about my doulas all the time um but I love my clients and I am so emotionally invested in them and their families and how they grow um I try to keep really good contact with all of them as best I can um because it's it's yeah Yeah, like, it's way beyond, like, yeah, they'll drop in my DM and like, ask me serious questions and stuff. And I'm still there for them. Because I've seen them at their absolute most badass state. And I know they can do it again in any, in any walk of life, they can, they can hit that badass state again. And Mm -hmm. if I can support them in any way, with my words, with my voice, whatever. I will always do that for them. Um, So it goes way beyond just being there for the birth and then I visit them, you know, a couple days later and then it's over. Like I'm there for them for life because they let me into such an intimate space. And I cry all the time at Mm -hmm. birth. I'm just, I'm seeing these people that I've grown to know and love do something that is just, so beautiful and so miraculous so yeah my clients are
0: and no two are the same you know what I mean like that's what's so great about it too I would think
1: yeah yeah
0: that's really really cool if I was um a newly pregnant when would I start looking for services is there like a certain month point you should start like Looking at services, do you do it from the very beginning? I know you offer kind of that that pre pre pregnancy support, right. like you were saying. But um, when should someone who's seriously considering a doula start actively seeking out your services?
1: So it kind of depends on where you're at in your life journey. Okay, if you are in a position to actively seek out privatized care um, mm-hmm. financially uh, your, your partner's totally cool with it because I have had times where partners are not really cool with the idea of having, um, essentially a stranger be sure. in that, that very intimate space. So sometimes, you know, the mom will want me to be there, but the dad will be like, no, we don't need that service. So, nah. yeah, but
0: <laughs> no, I can like, um, I can hear my husband.
1: <laughs> like, right. Like I'm a, sure lo- a lot of people. Thought, this- yeah. A lot of people have to sell the doula, which is so
0: unfortunate because it just you but know, talking end, with you, I'm well. like, yeah, like just talking with you, yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> everyone should like get this experience. It's just yeah. that's what
1: pregnancy should be about. And
0: but I, think any I mean, like, if you're in
1: a if you're in a really good if you're in a really good financial situation, mm-hmm. you you can. Essentially, wait until you're really ready to start building your birth team, which would okay. be uh somewhere around I would say the third month or fourth month, okay, so when you first become pregnant you you probably won't have a midwife or an obstetrician like on standby yeah. that you're gonna go to so the first couple of weeks, obviously you won't know that you're pregnant
0: right
1: so you'll 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 know right around the third week ish. So that's already one month down. Yeah. And the, the clock starts ticking immediately. It feels that way. You almost feel rushed. That's why people say, you know, that pregnancy went by really fast Well, because you were busy doing stuff the entire
0: time. (laughs) Life is still Um, happening.
1: So uh, you're at month, month two, you've made one doctor's appointment thus far. Mm -hmm and you might not know whether or not you want to go with this doctor or if you want to go with a midwife, if you want to go with a certified nurse midwife. That's your time to kind of start shopping around for your medical. Um, and I'm glad that you say
0: provider. that cuz I feel like a lot of people don't do that.
1: Yes. Very important. That's the mm-hmm. first step in building your team is finding your medical provider. Um from there, once you're comfortable with your med provider, then you branch out to building your birth team. Mm-hmm. Is your partner going to be there? Um, do you want family there? Um, if you don't want, if your partner's not going to be there or if he's not going to be or she's not going to be in an active role,
0: mm-hmm. who is?
1: If you're not going to have family, then it opens the door to maybe you need a doula. hmm to build this team a little bit more effectively and that's where I'll come in. So probably around the third month, that's when you'll start to feel like I need somebody to help me. Yeah. Do this because I'm almost done with the first trimester now. So yeah then it gets into you know really like trying to figure out what you need for your baby where already, it almost seems. Yeah, so everything comes earlier. <laughs> earlier. It's really fast. It's really fast. But people who so do you go um, to the um, appointments
0: very... once they've hired you? Or are you with them through appointments or is it just kind of like a check in after, or how does that work?
1: I've gone to appointments. It's up to the client. Okay. It really it it really doesn't matter. I've I've done birth center tours with clients. It mm-hmm. it it's up to them uh what they want to do. Some clients don't want to mix both worlds because I'm a private hire. Um okay. So it can seem a little awkward to bring in a private hire to an established, you know, medical plaza. And they might also have doulas that work with them. Okay. So it's it's just kind of like, well, why'd you bring them? The yeah. To your doctor's <laughs> appointment? Um, and plus, when you go to a regular OB type of situation, you're not guaranteed any of the care providers that you were seeing during the prenatals. So it's kind of silly for me to come and meet one when that one might not show up. Yeah. Um, No, that's. It's it's totally different. Um, But anyway, what were you saying?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I was just curious. I just wanted to know if you go with them, but you were saying it was really up to the client. Like you you make yourself available.
1: About when to get a doula. I I did want to say that this is super important. If you are like. Me, which both times, both pregnancies, I'm like, oh my gosh, my budget is shit right now for having pregnancy. I don't Ah. know what I'm going to do. I have to rearrange a whole bunch of stuff. Then you want to get your birth team started fairly quickly. That could mean that shopping around for a doula or shopping around for a midwife, shopping around and all that kind of stuff needs to be done in a quicker fashion. Mm-hmm. so you might need to stack up your appointment in one to two weeks so that you can decide on your medical provider and get your doula on board with a payment plan most you, doulas yeah. do not do a payment plan I do you do because I know yes. how important it is yeah so and I you... offer I offer a payment plan and a reduced um uh payment for people um who are on a strict budget because I know that life. And I know that it's so hard to value someone's service, but not have the actual monetary means to provide for that service. I definitely understand that.
0: Yeah. And I want to talk about that here in a second. I, um, there was something I was going to, I was listening to an interview that you did with, Oh, I can't think of her name now. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's this on your YouTube it? channel. It's on your YouTube channel. Um, um, oh, she's F-S-H-E? so beautiful. Yes. 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 yes, yes, yes. She is wonderful, by the way. She's so great. I know. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I loved what you said um, on the interview that you did with her about how people need to budget for birth and they don't do that. And, and I love that you... You, one that you talk about it and you even say that, but two, it shows with what you're doing that you've really taken that into consideration. and that kind of goes along with what you were saying um, just a little bit ago. So what right, talk, yeah. talk to me about your um, the packages that you offer.
1: So I offer I, I actually just added another package to the website. This mm-hmm. one is um, specifically geared towards people who are not pregnant. Um, okay. and it's really just a uh, it's really just a one time hourly session with me just to get a, a basic understanding of where they need to go mm-hmm. some goal some basic goals that you need to set for yourself um for your basic overall cannabis wellness um It's a branch off of another package that I offer, e doula service. Yeah. and that so- one is specifically geared towards people who might not be in Arizona mm-hmm. but n- might need doula services somebody who's both a doula and both a cannabis advocate um because i'm i'm seeing a lot in other states that there's really nobody supporting pregnant women who are yeah. also cannabis zero yeah yeah um there <laughs> and and for good reason nobody has the right information again mm-hmm. um but uh, mm-hmm. Then I also offer traditional birth doula and photography packages and postpartum um, support packages as well.
0: Yeah, talk to me about both of those. Um, the birth doula and the photography package. What, um, what all is included with that?
1: So with the birth doula and photography package, um, we'll get our consultation on, and mm-hmm. during that first meeting, we'll kind of get an idea and gauge. Um, where you are at in your pregnancy and where you want to be at uh, labor and delivery. Okay. Um, if I'm hired on, we'll do uh, two to four prenatals, depending on how much time we have, where okay. we'll talk about everything from um, pregnancy wellness, diet, fitness. Uh, then we'll go on to um, how to integrate and transition into a um, new, Uh, family situation so if you've got another little one we've got to talk about siblings we've got to talk about um how to introduce siblings um and and different roles that siblings have in this new family environment um so then after the prenatal I go on call for you I go on call two weeks before the due date and two weeks after so I'm basically frozen for you for a month Mm -hmm. Okay. Just waiting, just waiting on baby. Don't know when it's gonna happen, and no pressure. Absolutely no pressure. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, after labor and delivery, I visit and I meet up with you, uh, and make sure that you are on your path to success. And that's pretty much the birthing year of uh, doula support. That's so interesting.
0: I know I keep saying that. It's just so, <laughs> I just can't help but like feel like, man, I really missed out. Oh my God. Um, the postpartum, there's so many women and I know in like this cannabis mom industry that we both kind of have met each other through, um, postpartum is huge and talked about all the time that so many women suffer with it. I myself did. Um, and I, and I, cannabis wasn't a part of my life at that time. I think it would have been a game changer if it
1: was, (laughs) um,
0: but what, walk me through your postpartum support.
1: So postpartum support is a little bit different. Um, with postpartum support, um, there's, there's kind of an a la carte option. Um, if you need another pair of hands, when you have this baby, I can be there for you. And that's what the service uh, really opens the door for. Um, if you need sibling care so you can focus on baby, I'm there for you. And it's done in an hourly fashion, mm-hmm. um, but you can also do purchase a, a regular package with a number of hours. Okay. Um, but that also includes cooking, cleaning, It's all the different things that really no new parent should be focusing on too heavily. Um, And that's where I also come in to support the partner. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I come in to support the partner in that way too, because sometimes all the responsibilities end up on the partner in the first couple of weeks and they can be exhausted. And that's when mistakes can happen too. You know, I, I remember my husband, well, meaning he was, Making dinner, and he cut himself very badly because he was just too surprised, and he really mm-hmm. didn't need to be in the kitchen cooking. Um, and that took out of our time. We had to take a newborn to the ER to get stitch up. It was an yeah. extra thing that we had to do. Life keeps happening. Never, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We would have never had to do that had we had somebody in our kitchen making us, you know, a quick stir fry meal while we Mm -hmm. cuddle with our new baby. Yeah. And that was that was the service that I definitely would have shelled out for having been freshly out of the hospital with an emergency c-section.
0: Oh, yeah. And most of my
1: family, most of my family 20-30 minutes away. Yeah, I definitely needed that support. And I know that so many other parents do too. So I wanted to make sure that that was on there as well. Yeah, And
0: I think too, it's nice because a lot of us, um, and I'll speak to like the Southern mom, <laughs> like it's, it feels <laughs> like when you have a baby, then like your mom comes in and tries to do all of that. And then it's just stressful because it's not, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like that, I feel like that rule that you, you know, offer to your clients in that, in that sense really would alleviate a lot of stress and a lot of problems so that, the baby can just be loved on where, you know, other people don't get to like take that away <laughs> or influence that, that it's, tiny, it's
1: tiny things of your life. It's a wonderful delegation of responsibility. Absolutely. Sometimes, sometimes you need that person. I've always been that person to come in, even in group projects as a kid in, in school I was the one who was like, okay, everyone's going to do something. So let's write a list of what everyone's going to do. That's how I come in <laughs> with my clients is like, all right, they're having a baby. So what are you going to do? Oh yeah. You can't do that anymore. What's somebody going to do for them? And if there's nobody for them, then obviously that's my role is to support the supporter, to support the new parent, you know,
0: yeah,
1: like it, it, it just, it, it's a natural delegation of responsibility
0: yeah it's really beautiful it is it's a really really beautiful thing that you're doing thank you yes yes you can tell that this is exactly what you're supposed to be doing too (laughs) and I love that I love when I like hear people talk about what they're doing and they can just like stand so firmly on their two feet and talk about it and And educate.
1: um, You know what? I wasn't always. I wasn't always like this. I was like this in private with my friends, and then they were telling me, "Why don't you be a doula?"
0: Oh, that's how awkward women
1: start with a bunch of other women telling them, "Like we need this." (laughs) It always starts with that, and I and I'm sitting there going, "I don't know, guys. It's really taboo to be using weed when you're pregnant. I don't know Mm -hmm. if I could do this." And they're all just you know pumping me up, going, "You "You got this. You got this. You got this." Yeah. And once I started speaking my truth, it, it comes out a lot easier than speaking someone else's truth. It really does. Oh. And so all that confidence that you might hear in my voice, it just comes from speaking the truth and not bullshitting anymore. Yeah, There's the an truth authenticity and experience. Because, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a different form of authenticity. It's authentic authenticity.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like that. I like that a lot. Wow. What has, besides your own births, um, what has been just a moment that is like, this is why I do this. And I know every single birth probably feels like that, but is there one that you're just like, that just really solidified that this is where I need to be in this moment?
1: Um, oh my gosh, there's been so many. Uh, I had, I had a a labor and delivery that The client went into um, shock shortly after she gave birth, Mm -hmm. Um, and it was a a very dramatic um, post-birth event. Um, Nobody really knew what was going on. Um, The staff were in a frenzy, um, and this client's mom was standing in the corner, um, completely ignored by everybody else in the room. I mean, I I had been with my client and I was looking at her and I noticed that, you know, she was getting to go pale and her eyes were rolling and there was all this dramatic stuff mm-hmm. happening uh, physically to her. And so um, I alerted the staff, but then I looked over in the corner and I saw that her mom was standing there alone, watching her own daughter who had just given birth um, in a, a a complete state of helplessness in a a totally new form of helplessness. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I ran to her, like I ran across the room to her and she fell into my arms and we looked away and I, and I um, explained to her what was happening to her daughter because she couldn't look at it. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nor should she. (laughs) And
1: being that I was, I was a filter for her and a support uh, beam for her. I was able to give her the information that she needed in, in a a different way than what was happening where she was being completely traumatized by seeing this. Um, so then I, the, the role changed. I was no longer necessarily her daughter's doula. I, I was her doula Yeah. and I was helping her through a, a totally different process. And I realized how quickly, um, even the role that I've given myself the title of birth doula or can can easily change into something else. I'm going to be supporting people through life, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be the old lady in the old folks home, supporting people as they get older. Yes. Um, you know, I'll, I will always be that person. And it's just, it's so ingrained in me and I, I, I it's the way it you're wired. Yeah. Level. Yeah. But yeah, like I could feel it on a molecular level that, I was now switching hats. So I wasn't a birth doula anymore. I was some kind of trauma grief doula mm-hmm. for this mom in the corner. And I realized this is what I'm supposed to do. I would not be able to do any other job as well um, as I do this one. And that was really, that was the moment where it, at least it clicked, where I was just like, I got to keep doing this. I have to keep doing what I'm good at.
0: Yeah. What are your goals for for Canadula? What do you want to see? What do you see it as? Like, what's big oh picture? Oh my gosh! So, I'm it's, sure it's a lot of things. It's, still,
1: <laughs> it's such a baby. Canadula yes. is such a baby. Like, it's it. This was just a glimmer of an idea, um, a year and a half, two years ago. Yeah, I would never have thought that I would be on the forefront of two really big industries mm-hmm. trying to build this bridge. Um, but I'm really excited that it's been as well received as it has been. I can't wait to grow more in the birth industry and, and make some really strong connections there uh, locally and nationally, internationally, mm-hmm. even I follow plenty of doulas around the world. Um, yeah and and really explain to them how supporting a cannabis-consuming pregnant person does not um, pull away from your uh, credibility in any way. It doesn't, it doesn't make you any less of a birth worker if you support somebody in their self-advocacy. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, and
1: that, that, is your, that is your role as a birth worker, as a doula is to support people in their own self-wellness and self-advocacy. And cannabis is a major player in that. Um, it, it's the, the substance that could break all ties with our medicalized view of life um, and bring back a lot of nature to it. So I would really like to branch out and, and, and extend those olive branches to the birth community
0: yeah Um, see
1: where it goes that's awesome yeah that's that's the that's the 2019 goal that and um and really just growing our base I would love to have um all of my local cannabula babies you know come together for play dates and stuff like that I really want to foster um a network of Mm -hmm. canna moms who are supported and safe in um in their socializing so I think that some kind of like you know, tummy time or play date thing will be yeah. happening this year as well. Just to just to also get these mommies out of the house, like yeah, foster a sense of community.
0: Up. Yeah,
1: yeah, we're pent up, and and in Phoenix we're so spread out too that you know having like a mm-hmm. monthly get together where we just get together and we're of mommies and you know we have our doula babies and we're just hanging out. That oh, was I'm really so fun. For that. That's
0: yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So I'm really,
1: I'm, I'm really focused on, on just nurturing this, this seed that's growing. Like it's, it's just in its sprouting stage. So um, there's lots of stuff on the agenda for Canadoula, but really I'm just, I'm, I'm working towards making sure more people know about the service too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know I'm going to be sharing all of your information. I'm so excited <laughs> to learn more about it and to support you and, And to know you, honestly, it's been such an enlightening conversation for me. Um, Thank you for that. And I
1: absolutely love you. I mean, like, (laughs) as soon as I got on Instagram, you were like one of the first people that I was following. And I just, it's it's a dream. And I'm so happy that we got together. I'm so happy that we were able to talk.
0: Yeah, I think there's going to be lots of um, women, you know, that are going to come and check you out that... You know, have have been following my journey after listening to this because they're so supportive and they're looking for someone like you.
1: <laughs> I mean, right, I, there's, right. there's not. I was, yeah, you're looking, looking for, for someone. someone like me. Yes.
0: <laughs> and then I'm from the mindset of, I didn't even know this existed. So you're basically my unicorn. <laughs> oh my <laughs> and God. you do exist. <laughs> and I'm so excited. And now I kind of have to like tell everyone about this unicorn. So that's. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. I'm so excited about that. Your mom has to be so excited for you. Is she just um, like thrilled with she, what you're doing?
1: Like, I I I never really talk about this, but I when my brother was born, I was thirteen and I was in the room with her during her labor and delivery process. I was okay. I cut the cord for my brother. Oh
0: wow. Like I was
1: so invested in this moment. And wow. I, I hope that she knows that that being my first experience in in pregnancy, birth, everything, that entire birthing year, um, some of this career is because of her, because of her openness with her pregnancy and with her labor and with her delivery. And to have me right there next to her um, experiencing this uh, life-changing event, that that sparked something too. That was a catalyst as well. So I, I hope that she knows that um, she needs to be proud of herself as well, because I would not have been into birth if I hadn't seen a baby be born at 13. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't like that. It's fascinating. Once you see one, you kind of want to see a lot more because you're like, what? <laughs>
0: you need to like when this goes live you need to play this for your mom and give her a big hug for me because she raised an incredible human being because this is just so neat what you're doing (laughs) and I love the way that she raised you and I love that she was open to non like traditional medicine and and, you know I just I love I love that it's kind of like grown into what you're doing with it and it's just so special
1: so special for your family it really Mm -hmm. is special and I mean like my family has a long history of, of providing care service. And um, it comes back to like the heart of our family is just, we know that we can provide this service. So why not? Why aren't you out doing what you were meant to do? And we're healers. We're, we're supporters, we're guides. And that's, that's what we've always been. So it's what I continue on.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. I have to ask, too, how is your husband with everything? What is his take on all of this?
1: He's actually really cool with it. Like, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people wonder, like, does Sam actually, like, like your job? And he does. He does. Uh, my husband really got into birth the first time around. He went okay. to, I'm telling you, he went to every single midwifery appointment I had while I was pregnant with my son. He never missed one. He wanted to be there too because he was learning stuff that we both hadn't we'd had no idea Oh, about. absolutely. So it was it was this great educational experience for him. Um and he too talks to me about um some of the trauma that he experienced in the emergency C section and feeling helpless and, and not knowing what his role was. And with our second pregnancy and delivery, it was, he, he fixed every single problem. He fixed it all because he was on the same journey of dualism. Uh, with oh, I me. love hearing that. He, That's really- he was sitting there reading the books, you know, you know, the doula book and birthing from within and all. he's reading them with me because um it's also healing for him and his birth trauma. It's healing for him to understand that, okay, well, maybe, maybe next time around things will change. And they did. He was a great, great birth partner. Um, I couldn't have asked for a better birth partner. Um, And so now he knows that as a doula, this is a job that's very important and it's important to lots of families. And it's, it's, yes, he has to share me, but he's mm-hmm. sharing me for a good reason.
0: Yes. Bigger purpose for yeah. sure.
1: Yeah, and it's. I'm respected. a superhero, but only sometimes. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> all the time, but you have to take breaks.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like girl sometimes. <laughs>
0: yeah, oh, I, I love that. Your kids are so lucky to have you as their mama. Oh my gosh, Thank that's you. so great. That's so great, and I can't wait for them to one day hear this or you know to just see your work and what you're doing and they're going to be so proud of you and I know that they probably already already are so that's really wonderful they
1: they love the work that I do they love that I come home and I talk about babies and I show them pictures and um they they love the whole experience they don't quite understand what I do just yet because they're seven and four um my daughter does come on prenatals with me uh a lot so she does know she knows that I work with pregnant people with pregnant bellies okay she she can put that together but I'm sure she'll get into school and be like my mom delivers babies and I'm like no 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 honey (laughs) medical (laughs) we'll talk about the semantics later yeah 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 it's all detail. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, wow. That's so special. Uh, I love that. Well, I want to get to know a little bit more about you outside of the canadula. So I would love to walk through Jane Lipton's top 10 questions with you if you're up for it. Sure. Okay. They're kind of silly, but they make sense after a while. <laughs> we okay. get to... So what is your favorite word?
1: My favorite word is adjacent. Why? Um, It uses the right sections of my mouth.
0: (laughs) Yes, Yes, I love that.
1: I can pretty much use them all, and I think it's a fun word to say a lot.
0: (laughs) I love that. What's your least favorite word?
1: Hmm, can't, mostly because in, as a child, that was, um, a not good word to say, like, I can't do something, Mm -hmm. um, just for esteem and motivational purposes, my mom would often say, you know, don't say that.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm guilty of doing that with my own kids. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do it yet. Or yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally?
1: Um, You know what? My first answer was honestly money, but not in the like super like side-eye way, but (laughs) I love, I love investment. That's what I really love. So... I really love when, when people are passionate about something and invest in it monetarily because it grows to such, um, epic proportions that way. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of power in money. There's a lot of power in investment. Um, so yeah, I think that's something that, that kind of draws me.
0: I like that that you're not afraid of like the taboo topics. You know what I mean? Because some people hear money I and they're know. like, Oh I no, like, I hear cannabis, no.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I hope people don't side eye the fuck out of me. But I, no. I think money is fantastic, and money I do too. The cannabis industry is huge. Yeah, it's yeah. It's
0: it,
1: it, but it's it is taboo. It is something that you people know people don't like. to talk about really talk about.
0: Yeah, that's why I'm trying to start do more with that as well because it, it's just. No one wants to talk about it, but everyone wants abundance. Well, how are we going (laughs) to get that if we don't talk about it and acknowledge it for what it is and what it can do? And it's necessary.
1: I love when I, yeah, I love when people talk about money. I think it's sexy. When they're open and willing to talk about finances, budgeting, um, all that that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. Let's get down to business. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I ask all these people these questions, you know, so obviously in the back of my head I always think of mine. And it's so funny because my answer to that question is always a budget. <laughs> like that's what turns me <laughs> on a budget. I'm just like I love that. I, I feel like there's purpose behind it.
1: You <laughs> know, it's a normal. Yeah, <laughs> I'm all about that. <laughs> yeah. That's really yeah. funny.
0: What turns really you
1: off? Um Self doubt, hmm. huge turn off. Um, in others
0: and yourself, just in general,
1: in others and in myself, I can totally be turned off by myself sometimes. With we all can. I'm like, come on, girl, like you got this. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in up, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in others, I feel like self doubt is unattractive because I see their potential. So. Mm. It, it's like when somebody who is really tall, long, lean, and they slouch because they feel like they're too tall. <laughs> it's like, okay, but if you sit up straight, hot damn, you're, yeah, like if you saw the potential in yourself, you would think differently and probably stand differently too. So that's really where self-doubt is kind of like it. Like I see the potential in you, dude. like I see it. I see it in everybody. Yeah, it's a it's a blessing and a curse. I I don't know. <laughs> What's your
0: favorite curse word? Mm.
1: If you asked Facebook, it would be fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I feel like Facebook has that effect on people because everyone has a good <laughs> opinion.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. I think if you asked Facebook, it would be fuck. But I think my favorite curse word would have to be. There's so many ways to say shit. Yeah. Yeah. So many ways. I feel like. Um of a flexible word than fuck because fuck is so um it's real it's just a really harsh word but you can like you can say like shit and yeah. just like really leave it at the end and and really not worry too much about it like it's still soft at the end you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh I like that answer no one's had that answer yet I like it what um what sound or noise do you love?
1: Um, I love when my daughter laughs. That's a really good one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What sound or noise do you hate?
1: Um, when my son cries. He has a very interesting cry, I'm <laughs> telling you. Even as a mother, I'm like, "Oh my." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I would say that. I also don't like when Either of my kids cry. Just putting it out there. Yeah, I am of course. course.
0: <laughs> no, that that that's valid. That's totally valid. What profession other than the canon doula would you like to attempt?
1: Hmm. I've always wanted to work. I always wanted to be a nurse, but I know that I wouldn't be able to do it. I don't think I have that much in me. It would be like pouring from an empty cup sometimes. Okay. So I think that one nurses are, are actually pretty amazing. I know that we were Absolutely. kind of like, not like talking trash, but definitely we did talk about nurses before. And I really want to say that I, I commend nurses. I have nurses as friends and I know that they put 110 percent into their work so
0: absolutely I know I wouldn't
1: be able to be one I that's for sure
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's a lot what um what profession would you not like to do
1: um I would not like to work at a car wash (laughs) I figured that out (laughs) These people are constantly wet. I feel like there's wet. a story there. <laughs> They're yeah. constantly, okay, so I don't like to be wet. Okay, fair. <laughs> and they are constantly damp. And I would just feel like, I can't do this anymore. I got to change my shirt. I got to do something. I've got a wet bag in my pocket. Like, this feels weird. But yeah, I would not want to work at a car wash. Oh, I know that's awesome. random, but. No,
0: I love it. Like I said, I knew there had to be a story there. Oh yeah. My gosh. Okay. And then before we wrap up, which I'm so sad, but I know we're going to be talking soon. Um, yes. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
1: You want a bowl? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, girl. Yes. Yeah. Because yes. <laughs> because the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, I love that so much. Thank you so much for coming on and thank sharing you. your, your wisdom and your love and your your respect and for listening and for embracing women and just for being an advocate for women, for cannabis and, and, and for birth. Really, I can't thank you enough. And I'm so excited about what you're doing and what the Cannadula is going to become. I'm so excited to know you, Jocelyn. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love you, Cal. Thank you so much. Oh, I love you too. Thank you. We'll talk soon. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. For more content, follow along at havetheconvo.podcast on Instagram or email me at havetheconvo at gmail.com to share your story. Till next time.